Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, my good pr- buddy and uh, wa- fellow watch snob now, welcome to the club, Yeah, Cameron McCoy. Dude, you went watch shopping over Memorial Day weekend? It was great, and uh, it was wonderful, and everything that you've been talking about for like the last two years, I fully buy into now. So classic Cameron follows Curtis two years after the fact. I, no, dude, I think now you too can be insufferable when someone uh, else shows up with a watch they bought from Target, right? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I am so excited. And uh, you're going to have to send me like the actual model number for the watch that you're currently wearing because I'm mm-hmm. super curious about it. Um, you are definitely a Tissot guy. I'm a little bit more of a Hamilton guy, but here we are, right? We make yeah. this podcast work. <laughs> um anyway, Cameron. Kind of again, this is going to be the whole summer. Very news light. Really the whole focus right now from Watsy's standpoint is commander. We're not commander guys or at least I certainly am not. Um I'm going to go ahead and assume you've played no commander with the news cards. Uh, you can assume correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> explore standard all happening. There was an actual the uh, the the new Capena championship is really shaking mm-hmm. up standard. Um, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been sticking with Explore, playing that a little bit here and there online. Uh, then playing Legacy, dude, and uh, nice, interesting, really dinging it. Uh, the sh- the meta is, I would say, okay right now. Um, obviously, I, I think uh, Delver Secrets is still. Like the best thing you probably could be doing. The meta that I'm at, it's a lot better, I think. Like it's a little bit more diverse just because, you know, people are playing their pet decks. And so you see death and taxes, elves, storm, storm, burn, burn, burn. And you know, that's that's the way it goes. So it's great. Um anyway, I'm playing Jeskai Control or a version of it. So this is kind of the greatest hits of of your the control list. Running two new pieces of tech in this deck, uh, Hole Breacher, which I think I've talked about before, but it's the uh, one in a blue, and then effectively just shuts down your opponent from being able to draw cards. And then Wandering Emperor, and putting Wandering Emperor in Legacy uh, side by side with Jace and Narset, and um, <sighs> game changer, dude. <laughs> it is so good. Like, I mean, I, I, got the sense that it would be good in legacy but it's really good in legacy just especially in like that control shell just waiting and turn till turn six if you need to uh then all of a sudden here i go with a samurai and i'm just going to attack with a three three four four or whatever and just keep everything else up with uh with defense and whatnot so that's huge on top of that anytime you're playing any of the other fair decks specifically death and taxes um, having that wandering emperor is just, you know, gravy. It's a, just mm-hmm. another removal spell. They aether vial something in, and I can have that plus a, you know, a path. Or I'm sorry, a, a, a swords of palisades, and and I'm I'm great. I just feel like it's just such a, um, it's such an a bonus, such an add of a card. Um, and it's just an incredible planeswalker that um. 
yeah, it's going to be kind of like, I think, <laughs> every sort of deck sort of defining sort of character. It, it's a great deck is what I'm saying, a great card in that deck. So, um, yeah, man, Jeskai Control is great. Uh, I did play against a Death and Taxes opponent, and one of the newer cards that I saw that I had to read multiple times because I wasn't really that familiar with it was um, Lion Sash, which is the one that's from... Um, um, Kamigawa, and it's it effectively removes just anything from the graveyard. You can, you know, and and then it gets a plus one, plus one. And for death and taxes, it's really, really good, and it shuts down a lot of those graveyard strategies. So I just found that to be, like, Aether Vial that in, then eat whatever. It becomes a 2-2, two, two, and it's just a really, really good card. Great piece of tech for an Aether Vial deck. I mean, and the obvious customers like Dredge, yeah, but like that's actually a huge problem for Storm, mm -hmm. um, because they can, if they can combine that with Thalia or any of those kinds of effects, it's very problematic for you. Okay, so Cameron, we're, I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. I've heard of the card Hull Breacher before, but I oh, don't yeah. play Legacy and I don't play Commander. I'd only heard of it. I have just read this card's text for the first time. Oh. How is this card legal? Yeah, right? Like, I get it's three mana. I understand. But that's bananas, dude. That is bananas. It's like one of the most absurdly powerful effects on a 3-2 body, right? It's absurd. And it shuts down so much. And, yeah, like, I mean, it's it's just a dumb card. And, like, I feel like every single control variant should be playing that that specific card yeah and like honestly because i've kind of given up on following what's in the commander sets mm -hmm. right and so when you don't play legacy or commander you kind of live outside of that world a little bit and so these sets kind of come and go and you know I'll, I'll like hear rumblings of certain commander cards or there's there's a red card that is like super sought after in commander that i know people are upset isn't in the new commander set um but, like, so these things kind of just pass me by because I don't really have the bandwidth to keep up with all that. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've really found refreshing about Standard is I can kind of keep up with what's happening right now, yeah. which has been really great. Um, that, that all being it, said, I'm still jealous that you got to play Legacy. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Just speaking about Hole Breacher, like, it, it's also kind of absurd when you look at that card and, like, it should be in every single blue deck there is, like... It, everything um i got three copies for 10 bucks so like you know it's like it, the power level of something like that it's just obviously there's just nobody playing <laughs> legacy and it doesn't yeah. have a place in pioneer or modern or whatever but um yeah for that card i just thought like well that's a bargain and yeah definitely be playing that or at least have it in the sideboard if it becomes unplayable but just kind of crazy. That's the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I feel like if this were the world of competitive legacy of like seven years ago, you would not be able to find this card, right? Yeah. Like it, it would be yeah. gone, gone. Um, so explore anything with blue white control because I do want to touch on the explore meta game. How's that been going for you? It's been great. Uh, I, I mean, I've been winning quite a few matches, but they've all been against. A lot of like the graveyard sort of things, and um, I mean, when you're running, you know, two copies of Farewell in your main, 
just sit back and relax until turn six and then just wipe that board. It's great. So like, I mean, there's nothing really new to say. I'm, I'm having a great time. I haven't even really innovated the deck, like, you know, put anything new or innovative into the deck. Um, it's just been working really well for me. So I've been playing, I've switched to Esper Yorian. Yeah. Purely for Oath of Kaya and Vanishing Verse. I will say that the mana can get you in trouble. There are times, multiple times, where I'd never hit a second white to play a Wandering Emperor when I mm. very badly needed to. And you kind of take that for granted in blue-white, like... The mana is essentially always perfect. Um, and this is a, not a Thoughtseize variation of Esper. It's much more about reacting to what they do. Um, fatal pushes? No fatal pushes either. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you lean really hard on some other things. It is a Yorian deck, so you are playing Omen of the Sea, obviously Oath of Kaya. There's no Birth of Miletus either. It is. It leans really hard on Wrath Effects as well. But I'm playing Wandering Emperor to Fairy, the full complement of Shark Typhoons. Like, there's not a lot here that would surprise you. Um, but like at this point with those cards, it kind of feels like jazz. You know what I mean? I'm just like, mm -hmm. just just give me the notes and I'll string it together. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, Explore since Winota being shown the door has gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, I I want to try this on you for a second because I've been a little stunned. That people think Grease Fang should be banned. I have not found that deck to be problematic at all. And I don't know if it's just because I'm playing a control deck, but mm -hmm. you know, you were just talking about graveyard strategies. Have you played against that deck as well? Tons, tons. And once again, I'm having great success because I can ping whatever when I need to and then, yeah, just nuke the graveyard and it's fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah, I've even had moments where they get the combo off, and then I just vanishing verse the equipment. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. or the vehicle, and then it's kind of like, well, that was that, and you went to a lot of trouble, and now I wrath you. That's not that big of a problem. Yeah. So even that deck really doesn't seem to recover well from just like a doom scar, you know. Um, I've played against a lot of like Omnath and some other things. I will say. I am seeing companions probably more than I would like, but maybe that is just life. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, maybe that is just free magic cards. with companions. Yeah, yeah, it's just free cards. Um, so, Cameron, I, I do want to just... I want to invite you into Standard. I want you to not be afraid, okay? Okay. This is the kind of Standard where there are really four decks, five decks... Uh, but I've learned it so well now that there's a lot of like, oh, if he's got the Riveter's Charm, then this is what I need to do, right? Or, you know, this is like a super bogged down mid-rangey standard, and I'm just slurping it up, dude. I love <laughs> it. Um, there are, like I said, it is very canned what the decks are. There's Grixis Vampires. There's Esper uh, mid-range. There's a Jun variant. Um, I feel like I'm missing some things, but it's really settled into these three color kind of pie things. Mm -hmm. And you really kind of learn what the decks can and can't do. And then you kind of, okay, if they've got a Seekers Chariot here, then I need to hold this up when this and this happens. So sequencing really matters a ton. And I am the guy that doesn't mind a standard match where I've got five permanents, my opponent's got four permanents. 
you know, there's a lot to kind of like sort through in those moments. Um, some people that I play against clearly don't because I've had multiple, multiple, multiple people scoop up their cards when the match is very much not over. It's very much in the middle of things, but they just don't want to play the Esper mid-range mirror. Okay. Right? So, but there's there's not a lot of these, like, snowball game states um, in the way that there were in the past where it was like, okay, well, now I've got Wilderness Reclamation and your hose. I will say, though, it's it looks more like, oh, man, you had two you lands three and four coming to play tapped. And now I've played two creatures where you have not. There's a really not a great chance of you to catch up. Hmm. Um, I did play. I, I talked about this last week about how Meat Hook Massacre, I think, is one of the best but still overrated cards in the history of Standard. Um, <laughs> so I put three farewells in the st- sideboard of my um, Esper midrange deck. And boy, does that catch some opponents off guard. Yeah. Like, they have no idea it's coming. They're playing sagas and sagas, sagas, Asika's <laughs> chariots, whatever. They also happen to be from the Upper East Coast. I don't know. And then I just say farewell, and they're gone, right? Um, anyway, I really have, like, this standard. I'm kind of enjoying sticking with it and, like, all the variations of Esper that I can build. And you kind of get into these really nitty, like, okay, do I play two Void Rends or one Void Rend and one Spell Pierce? Or, like, it's to that level of yeah, spe- yeah, yeah. specificity. And I'm, I'm down for that. Right, that's where I make. That's where I bread my butter, or my butter, my bread. I don't bread my butter. Uh, <laughs> Mixed metaphors everywhere. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So uh, anyway, that's where I'm at. I actually really like sitting down to arena almost all this week, and it's really been at the expense Refreshing. of my video game time. Like, really been at the expense of that. So, yeah, dude. I- anything else you want to talk about with regards to magic? I mean, it's kind of just a meta game analysis this week. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, yeah, playing Legacy has been interesting and good. And, um, yeah, I continue to feel guilty having not jumped into Standard. And I feel like I'm at this point, I should probably just do it because we have such a long window until Mm. Standard Mm -hmm. rotates where maybe now I dive in and it's like, hey, this is completely fresh and different. And I'll feel great about it. So, (laughs) Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Anyway... We've got a new Top Gun movie and a new Star Wars series to talk about. So, <laughs> What is going on? Yeah, there's lots to cover. Anyway, let's just go over that stuff. We'll be right back. All right, Cameron. So, wow. lots. So, I literally just got out of the Top Gun Maverick like two hours ago, something like that. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I have lots of thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in your perspective at this. And, like, I would suspect you saw it in a much nicer movie theater than I did. Okay. Yeah, we, we saw it in our go-to movie theater, which has always been great. Do you have an I, did you watch it in IMAX and all that stuff? I or? didn't. Um, I might this week go to the IMAX theater and check it out just because I th- think um, it's worthwhile to check out. Um, so we watched the regular Top Gun last week. Uh, and you know, the movie, it's, you know, goofy and there's not a lot that happens for a plot and, uh, all that, but it's still just 
tugs at those right heartstrings for me and um, has all the right elements. Music's great, all of that. It just makes it a really fun movie. And um, in a lot of ways, I can't believe how this new movie, I, I, this isn't really a spoiler, but follow, it, it feels like it's like a beat for beat kind of like revisiting of original Top Gun. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The plot is very, very straightforward. Um, but like, it, it feels like they said, let's just copy a Death Star trench run and have our, our Top Gun students learn that. And, and I loved it. I, I thought that was great. The thing that makes this movie worth every cent of going to it in a movie theater for me was just the visual elements to it. Um, the, <laughs> the, they, I believe they had four Sony Venice cameras inside the cockpits of these uh, F-18 um, Hornets. And you start to realize that every single other movie that you've ever watched where like people aren't sweating and they look totally normal you know, flying the cockpits is like, no, 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 that's not how you would look. You would look like your brain is 10 times heavier than it normally is being Mm -hmm. smashed into the back of a chair. And you see that stuff in this because it's all real. They actually put every single one of those actors into an F-18 and flew it, you know, as fast as they could go. Um, and that stuff, the, the visceral realness of that was like the best part of that movie for me. Like I just, man, really, really dug it. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on some other parts of this film. But for me, like those cockpit scenes and just the editing and the way that was all kind of uh, weaved together was like totally worth it for me. For sure. I think you could talk about this movie pretty effectively without spoiling it. So I don't know that we really need to. Sure. Yeah. Um I'll say this. So I saw it at a... This is probably going to kill you on the inside, and I apologize, Cameron. It is one of the first times that I've seen a movie like this, and I said, I really wish I would have watched this at home instead. Oh, Um, no. Because a charitable way to describe the audience I was with is my parents' age plus, Mm -hmm. mostly. Um, And I mean... Lots of phone ringing, lots of talking at the screen. Those kind of, it has nothing to do with the movie, but it really, really killed. There's one very specific scene where Tom Cruise is talking to a certain other actor that is very much probably the emotional punch of the movie. And literally a guy's choo-choo train ringer was going off next (laughs) to me and he couldn't figure out how to turn it on silent like it was a progressive commercial. Oh no. I mean, just deflated the whole thing um (laughs) when it comes to this movie i think i I, i'm very much in a really liked didn't love um and i do think the plot itself is better than the original top gun which is to say there Mm -hmm. is a plot like the i always tell people this like top gun is a music video like Mm -hmm. the or like the audio visual experience of top gun was so like so far beyond its time, like ludicrously so, that the script and like once you kind of like start thinking logically about it, it really kind of can poke some holes into it. But like, I think it speaks a lot to like the opening sequence is very similar in this movie, and it mm-hmm. looks better 
1986 film. Mm-hmm. Like, and these are with God knows what size cameras they were using for some of these fighter jet sequences in the original. You know, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it, I mean, and like, really, when you rewatch the movie, because I watched it a couple days ago, it, it is a series of music video vin- vignettes. Sure. Yeah. Right. And like to the point where the love cue plays, you know that they're going to have an interaction. There's the victory condition song and all this. Right. Um, I the thing that I think was not successful about this film, and I know there are going to be a lot of people that disagree with me. I think it got too nostalgic at points Mm. and was too much about the previous thing like i kind of wondered why they didn't call it top gun 2 and called it top gun maverick well when you watch the movie it's very clear why it's very centered around him and not the school not the mission kind of like his like situation and and like his ethos and all this stuff and the problem is some of the side characters we're talking people that have like two or three minutes of screen time Mm. are maybe more fascinating than Tom Cruise in this movie and you don't get to really know much more about them like the guy that is the Iceman parallel is fantastic fantastic mm-hmm. and is he on this movie for two minutes I don't think so I mean yeah yeah I mean yeah Cameron if that dude isn't Johnny Storm I don't know who is dude right yeah. right like cast that man as Johnny Storm yeah you heard it first Spike feed first. <laughs> uh, but, right? No, you're right. Now that you mention it, it's like he has all the elements. He can make a really great Johnny Storm, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds horrible to say the lady pilot, but there was one lady pilot. Mm-hmm. She also really ate up the screen when she was in it. Um, I mean, it's hard to, like, separate my feelings as a child of the 80s for Jennifer Connelly. From, like, <laughs> but it's like, I thought she was fantastic, but mm-hmm. I always think she's fantastic. Right, yeah. Um, so like, but it, John Hamm also always solid, but mm-hmm. it just felt like these were all sprinklings. Like Ed Harris was in this movie for like a scene, right? He's a cameo. Um, <laughs> yeah, and 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 so like just a bunch of that stuff. I felt like I was wanting more. So if they end up making a, it a franchise and they kind of move on a little bit, I would mm. be okay with that because the original film, for all its problems. I do think kind of gets on this idea of this being an elite training thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really not what this is all about at all. Um, I did like the the Mission Impossible <laughs> uh, flight setup. Mm-hmm. That was cool, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, whenever we're talking about specific beats, like, people killed The Last Jedi for being too much like Empire Strikes Back. If you're going to kill that, this is like... I mean, carbon oh, yeah. copy yeah. of points. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. Postage stamp, yeah, yeah. And, and again, this is me speaking from my personal bias. I think Creed did a lot of the nostalgia stuff better, more mm. thoughtfully, and had more to say. Um, but I think it was because it was from the perspective of the young guy and how he's connecting with the older boxers. Mm-hmm. This is this old guy kind of going through the end of his career and – I don't know, like maybe it was just because I was watching it with this group of people that were like Tom Cruise's age. Mm. They were really relating to that element of it, and I was really not. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So mixed feel like it is a good movie, and I'm going to watch it again. And I really yeah, liked elements yeah. of it. I thought, like like you said, the technical elements of this film really yeah, something. Yeah, th- that's that's the reason I think to go see it. I mean, like the story is whatever. If you like Tom Cruise, it's whatever. But like, uh, just from like the technical production, the engineering that went in to designing these cameras to fit into a cockpit and to give you that field of view and that clarity, that stuff is like really special. And I also think if you're the kind of person, and I am certainly not this, the bemoans all big budget action movies or superhero movies now, Mm. here you go. Here you go. This is a very big budget, not superhero. I mean, he is. He is essentially superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, you can kind of mm-hmm. have that, like, level of, oh, this is the military or uh, the Navy or whatever. Um, and I do think there's also a, because it, like, mimics the original Top Gun so much, there is this kind of feel-good 80s positivity vibe to the whole experience that you might have been missing, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it look... It's good, and it's cool to be in a sold-out theater. I will say that. Like, mm-hmm. even though I was with a troublesome crowd, it is weird <laughs> to be. Because whenever I saw Doctor Strange, which did really well financially, I was like one of six people in that theater. You know, and so yeah. I'm glad that they're yeah. doing well on that front. Um, Cameron, I want to switch gears. I know we're talking a lot about Top Gun. It would totally be a disservice of oh, me not to bring to. up Obi Wan. Um, have you seen any of it? We've I've watched. Both twice. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. I watched it just because I needed to rewatch them again because I just felt like I wasn't getting out of it what it was trying to provide, I guess. And there, there's some really great elements to this and whatnot. <sighs> I never want to revisit episodes one through three ever again. And it's like as much as I love Ewan McGregor, he, I mean, he is a star in this and he is like giving it his all, but I feel like he's not given anything to work with in this personally. I, I just felt like we spent 45 minutes of him on the desert just looking and I know it's all set up and it's just an old guy in the desert. And like, and then like when you have so many callbacks to episodes one through three, I'm just, I don't need it. Give me the Jedi a thousand years ago. I need a story. That's not the the Skywalker stuff anymore. I think that's where I'm at with, with a lot of the star Wars stuff. So like, I'm just going back and forth. Like there's some good elements here, but I just don't feel like, I just feel like the setup has been really kind of plotting. Fair. I, I would say I liked it better than you, but I still have much of the same concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the the basis for it being, how did Leia know Ben Kenobi? We had never really gotten that before. It's nice to kind of cover that ground and get an idea of why she so bl- blindingly trust him in this incredibly dangerous moment. Uh, you know, because it's kind of like you're kind of led to believe otherwise from the prequels. She would have no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. Right. And like like you, I sat through the opening. Hey, here's what happened in the prequels. And 
It was painful, dude. I, <laughs> I know there are people that are like slightly younger than us. They're really connected with those movies. I did not. And, you know, when Anakin gets, you know, the Monty Python treatment from <laughs> by getting his limbs shot, <laughs> cut off and all that, I was just like, they, it brought back a lot of like, <laughs> oh, man, this guy didn't care enough about his creation to properly connect it. And there's, these, there's a room of writers somewhere trying as hard as they possibly can to make this con- continuity work. Yeah. And it's not easy, right? And then J.J. Abrams messed it all up again with episode <laughs> nine. And, you know, they're like, gee, here we go again, you know? And they're, like, constantly trying to reconnect these tracks. I will say, though, first of all, on a technical level, set design, you know, budget, yeah. this is clearly on a different level than The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Like, they definitely put in a lot more uh, money to it. Mm-hmm. And I like the Inquisitor stuff. Um, that's really uh, intense in the uh, Jedi Fallen Order game, so it kind of has a nice little connected piece there. Mm-hmm. Um so I've liked but not loved. Um, and you're right, like all these things, they feel like trade paperbacks sometime in that we're kind of, we're taking six issues to get somewhere. Yeah. It should really yeah. take one. So the pacing is kind of the, the major issue for me. And like, I get the real feeling we're not done with the callbacks. You no. know? No, not at all. Not at all. So yeah, I mean, and, if, they, if they throw Jar Jar in, man... <laughs> Well, but the sad thing is, and it's like I know you've never watched The Bad Batch, but that's like the animated show that's been on Disney Plus for Star Wars, and like a, a single episode of that tends to be an adventure. And cartoons can still get this right, but for some reason, yeah, with with TV shows we have to get longer and longer and longer. And this has been a big frustration with me with the season of Stranger Things, is and I know you don't watch Outlander, but Outlander is incredibly well made, but so bloated at times all these episodes being over an hour and I'm like forced to endure multiple dream sequences and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, guys, just g- get somebody to edit this sucker down. Come on. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, good TV can be made in 44 minutes. It's been done. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's which have you seen the runtimes for the stranger things episodes this season? Yeah. And we're in on to episode three and yeah, man, they are hour plus for each one incredible and so stick around (laughs) (laughs) so that's how they're going to get me to keep my netflix uh subscription i'll just never be able to finish any of these episodes all right cameron so if someone would like to get a hold of you and talk to you about why you need should love the star wars prequels where could they find you (laughs) it's all on twitter at cameron underscore mccoy Uh, and all the twitter all the star wars twitter discourse is like super thoughtful and yes yeah (laughs) great Uh, And I am Matt Curtis now. Our official show feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. We will check you guys next week.